Welcome back to No Beer Left Behind. I am Brian here in Dallas, and I'm joined by the one, the only Frank from Austin. Frank, how are you, buddy? Brian, I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> well, well, besides the cough that just randomly pops up on me, <laughs> uh, doing well. Um, I'm drinking a uh, a canned cocktail that uh, was left in oh, my nice. house. Uh, I am not a fan of this cocktail, but this drink is not bad. I will say that. It is Well, you're uh, you're just following the mantra, right? Yeah. It's it's an Aperol spritz. I uh famously don't particularly care for Aperol spritzes, but you know what? It's nice. I can see it's gonna have its place somewhere in the summer, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the thing about Aperol spritz is it it's weather dependent for sure. Um, you cannot enjoy an Aperol spritz in, you know, 30 degree weather, but by the pool yeah, in the summer, 95, 100, I think that's, you know, that's a good spot for it. Yeah. But you know what? You know, I had it here and I figured I'd give it a shot, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. No, I mean, you, you've got to try it. Yeah. I'm, but then I, you have to place it. Yeah, I was gonna say. It's like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna show up to the pool party with a, a, a eight pack of something that tastes like shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, and additionally, probably not an eight eight pack of you know, I don't know, like the shoots, uh, black butte porter, double or triple or yeah. bourbon aged or yeah. You know, I mean, you could that'd be insulting. I would. I would enjoy you showing. No, because we're all watching our figure for those five months, and the rest of the year is when we bulk up. Right, like we fluff up. Some yeah, of us like to fluff that's up. right. That's right. Black Butte is a fluff up beer. Is that what you're, are you are? You drinking? Are you drinking an NA Black Butte tonight? I saw that's the can right. earlier. I pee. I pee. That's right. That's right. That's right. Hell yeah! It's my fluff up. <clears throat> so did you did you see that uh, Blue Moon has an NA uh, Blue Moon Wheat Ale? I do, um, or I did, and I have had it. Um, how should I describe it? Yikes. It's too sweet. Oh, I could see that. It's just too sweet. NA beers in general, or zero zero beers, either way, I tend to find too sweet. But I also like, I'm wanting a one to one ratio, and that's just really sure you're difficult. looking for something that's like a perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's really difficult to do. So yeah, you can't you can't do that. But um, no, it's. <laughs> Like, yeah, okay, so the Black Butte that I'm having, or is it Butt or Butte? It's, it's Butte, right? It's Butte. We're, we're in America. We pronounce it Butte. Okay, so Black Butte, um, is it too sweet? No. Is it sweeter? Yes. Is it sweeter than you would expect Black Butte without the alcohol? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, so black butte in and of itself is like a dry sweetness, right? It's a porter. Um, it's going to be thin. Yeah. So just take just take that, you know, what you can 
sense the alcohol would add to the beer out, and this is a perfect version of it. Um, Blue Moon does not do that, though. Like, Blue Moon is already a pretty sweet wheat beer, and they just kind of lean into that. Um, does it almost taste for the like, NA version? Have you ever tasted, um, like orange sodas from Central Europe? Like the sodas no. they use to blend, it's almost uh, maybe it's not orange, maybe it's grapefruit soda that I'm thinking of. It's the sodas they use to blend with beer to make shandies and radlers. Okay, uh, it's like naturally sweet rather than like American soda. Like you think, of like you crack open Haribo's mm-hmm, or a Fanta, mm-hmm. where it's like overwhelmingly like fake sugary. Um, yeah, is it kind of like the uh, the the natural sugar version of an orange soda? Because that's what I'm picturing. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess you can say if if you were to take the flavor profile away that alcohol adds to Blue Moon, mm-hmm. and you were left with a product, and you had to add sugar to it to make it seem palatable. Yeah, yeah, but more of a natural, you know, consumption. Yes. Okay. What I like about Black Butte and what Athletic does is it's not that. Um, <clears throat> so they they ferment slash create, you know, um, the flavor profile without having to rely on, you know, a bunch of extra sugar or malt or whatever in the post, you know, production process. So it's similar to like the difference between, you know, <laughs> well, if you've had good zero zero wine, you know that it's, you know, dealkalized. It's yeah. not fermented to be zero zero. Um, so dealkalized means it once was normal wine and then they turned it into this like zero zero product. Um, that's the proper way to do it in wine um in my opinion so with the beers i i I, like i'm not as in tune with what the brewers are doing but i can tell you that the stark difference between um call it peroni and stella uh versus heineken or um deschutes with their black butte um, athletic versus blue moon is just that it is stark. There is a significant difference in palatability, sweetness, um, you know, trueness to the original product, like all that stuff that matters to me might not matter to everybody. You know, yeah, like is, if we're essentially this, drinking a beer cocktail. I wonder if your if your connection there isn't that the style that you're doing zero zero or in a like forms of plays an equally large part as the process in which you get to there because Agreed. because I, I i don't know i know athletic and i know boulevard both make a wheat beer um that is na or zero zero um but neither one of them make a beer that's that's like an that would be considered an american wit beer which is what blue moon mm-hmm. is and it is a like by design by their own design a sweeter, lower alcohol beer, and then removing alcohol from that 
also you brought up something uh, when it comes to dealkalizing. Um, in the beer world, the reason these zero zero beers are so like they're a new concept of having zero point zero percent alcohol in a finished fermented product. You get yep. all the flavors of fermentation with zero zero alcohol and minimal residual sugars, um, which is way better for the finished product as far as flavor and shelf stability goes. Well, not shelf stability, but um, flavor repeatability maybe. Um, you're going to get a more consistent product if you make a beer finish out, either at zero, zero or N-A. Because in the beer world, whenever you de-alkalize something, you usually have to introduce heat, which contributes Kills to natural bacteria, yeah, and yep. rapidly decreases the flavor and shelf yep, stability. Yep, yep. Of the yeah, it's product. the same as bottle shock. You're essentially doing bottle shock in a tank. Yeah, you know, like, and that I understand. So, um, it is why the de-alkalization process for wine has been so difficult. Yeah. Um, Wine seems to have, and I know, you know, this is kind of like an NA update from Frank, but wine seems to have rapidly discovered a process that preserves flavor, um, significantly so. Well, it's um, also a product I, that can stand up to oxidation. As a matter of fact, can be improved with over certain, long time oxidation yeah. methods. So, and there's you got a little bit of time researched into what oxidation. No, but no, but hold does. on, hold on. We did we did shit on wine, NA wine like two years ago, right? Like, oh yeah, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about barrel aging wine or you know letting wine. Yeah, sure, sure, but I, I'd like to, I'd like to just return to the topic of, you know, and it wasn't even two; it was a year ago. We said NA wines are you know need to catch up, and I am here to report that not only have they catched catched up, <laughs> yeah, not only really have they caught up, yeah. Um, they are currently sur surpassing in flavor retention um, as compared to, you know, uh, their liquor and, and beer counterparts. And it is of my opinion that maybe they are doing something slightly different that the rest of, you know, the NA industry has not caught up to yet. Um, but if you want great, I'm not talking like, fake tasting i'm talking like damn near in the same um na uh options Frasene, um the spanish cava producer makes a na don't get the rosé get the normal champagne cava an na cava that is damn near the same as having a glass of cava um the some would say near as makes no difference it makes no difference um there's a brand out of new york that i'll look up in just a second they sell something called the um summer oh, what summer breeze makes me feel fine no i'll look it up um but it's it's a, it's, it's like a maybe it's summer senses or something um na rosé brute that is absolutely the best non-alcohol wine I've ever had. It is 20 bucks a bottle, but it is, I mean, <laughs> if you've got a wife that's pregnant, if you've got someone you're inviting to a party that you know doesn't drink, this is the shit to get. Um, 
Let me just look it up real quick. I feel like you should trademark this is the shit to get Frank. Like, <laughs> put in quotation marks, Frank, trademark, patent pending. Patent pending, do it now, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's called Wolfer Estate. Um, and they Im- import from uh, Germany, from the Rhone region. And they make the... Wait, Germany, the uh, Rhone region, or the Rhine region? Rhone. No, the Rhine. A, I'm yeah, sorry. I, the I was going to say, idiot. Rhone's France. Um, <laughs> that's France, yeah. So they call it summer or spring in a bottle. Um, those two are the ones to get. Spring in a bottle, summer in a bottle. They're like cork, uh, rosé, uh, N.A. sparkling. Is that what you poured for us when we were down there? That in a, I can't remember if it was a, I know it was a sparkling white wine. I didn't know if it was Kava. No, or, that was the Kava. That was really good. Um, that was good. the Kava. I was going to say yeah. it was zero, zero. Whatever it was, it was really good. It tasted yeah. just like any sparkling white wine like that I would want. So I think sparkling is a bit easier, right? Because that the carbonation introduces a certain flavor. Yeah. That... You know, whether there's alcohol in it is repeatable. Um, so that that's the one part. But I do think, you know, white wines lend themselves to better N.A. than red. Um, to your point, the aging process does have a significant amount of, fr- like, flavor enhancement in red wines. Um, stuff that you're not going to retain, you know, through dealkalization. Um so it's, you know, it's kind of tricky because um, I'm a proponent of making as good a product in the NA world as you can, but I'm also a proponent of understanding when it's not worth it, you yeah. know? like Yeah, there's a, there's a, a <laughs> you're not, <laughs> what is it, a point of no, not what yeah, so, return, so, so there's, juice isn't worth uh, the squeeze, Frank. It's right. That's the new, that's the new thing. Right. So, um, in my opinion, the more flavor you have in the beginning product, um, in wine, the less likely it is you can transform it into something that works in the NA world. Right now it's counterintuitive because in liquor, it's the exact opposite. Okay. A NA vodka, right is more difficult to reproduce correctly than an NA bourbon, which you can introduce cinnamon into to have a little bit of heat, um, even a little flavors. cayenne pepper yeah. to get a little burn. So it's, you know, it's, it's all this stuff. You have to kind of think about it in what you're trying to replicate and, you know, hone in what you understand about flavors. And then you'll see... Like, think about why you enjoy drinking bourbon or why you enjoy drinking red wine. And then think about why that is easier to reproduce in a product like bourbon versus the things you appreciate about red wine. You know, that's the complexity. If only there were a podcast where two like really cool hip guys like you and I were talking about red wine and like the fun parts of drinking red wine. If only a product (laughs) like this. No, um, it'll be back. <laughs> you're, you uh, mentioned something uh, about seasons in a bottle. Um, and I actually wanted to talk on that real quick before we get out of the alcohol, non-alc world. 
Uh, I'm drinking a season in a bottle tonight. Um, okay. Drinking a, a, a pour of a Midwinter Nights Dram. <sighs> thank you, my good sir. This is... That's the only one I'll go alcohol for. It's um, it's so beautiful. So, dude, for anybody who don't so, know, it, 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 uh, okay, you can explain what you're having in just a second. Yeah, I'd like to just tell people to bourbon chases out there. You know, the the folks that chase the bottle, and you know, you have the same problem that I have with sneakers. I understand. I can commiserate. I don't completely understand the absurd prices you're paying because there are even sneakers that I would never pay that amount of money for. Um, but that aside, um, I would like to just express my disappointment in the number of humans who just they're unappreciative of a brand delivering what they're asking for. Yeah. And it is so immensely frustrating when you see someone say, Oh yeah. Midwinter's night or whatever, you know, from high West, that's kind of mid right now because you can get it. Bruh. First off, the process hasn't changed. Okay. Second, the quality that they're producing has not changed. Third, your dumbass was standing in line for this shit four years ago. Okay. Um, I'll tell you the first time I had that, it was a it was one of the very few bourbons that said, This is what bourbon is supposed to be to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, like I connect with that because it's it's kind of a scotchy bourbon. Well, yeah, it's not super sweet. It's because it's a it's so it's from High West and High West Distilling. <coughs> they were poo pooed upon early on and up until even like last year, um, because they sourced all of their liquid. They would source their liquid from MGP out of Indiana, and then they would age it in Utah in barrels, and then they would blend. High yeah. West big deal is their ability to blend to taste. Sure, um, but this one, which is uh, which, honestly is a very, it's, it's a, a massive skill. Yeah, um, High West started out by making some really notable rye whiskeys. They're bottling really notable rye whiskeys, and that's what this is. So, Midwinter Night's Dram is a blend of straight rye whiskeys, but to Frank's point, they are aged in port barrels, which is what sets them apart. American whiskey makers don't use port barrels to age but scotch scotch whiskey makers do scotch do and and more importantly uh highland scotch uh, whiskey Mm -hmm. makers do scotch makers also age a lot of their stuff in ex-bourbon casks because you get you get a bourbon a bourbon cask from some giant place at a tennessee or some places in kentucky and you basically have like clean wood there's not a whole mm-hmm. lot of anything else in them. There's not a whole lot of other flavors. And they like that because then they can use that for their base and then blend to taste from those. And guess where those go after they're used? Back to America to age shit in. <laughs> no, where? No, they go to the rum. They, they go to oh, the rum yeah. makers. And, yeah, in the Caribbean. Yeah. And then after after that, where do they go? The maple makers? Scotland. Oh. No. They go to Scotland. So Scotland 
if if you're if you're producing scotch, you're either using old rum barrels or you're using old port barrels. That's like what they use. And it, like the funniest bit to me is that the bourbon people will sell you on the charring. And okay, cool. It does have a you know, it it it, it for sure has its place cuz your liquid is turning into, you know, corn whiskey drinkable, right? Yeah. Um, and it's good. I'm not, I'm not shitting on bourbon, but what I'm saying is, is what fascinated me and still does about the, the, the high West people is they saw that the appreciation plus, you know, net positive product that you can get after the process is done with the barrels. If we just pour our shit back in, let's see what happens. Oh yeah. Well, here's the the biggest the biggest issue and the reason I mean you touched on one of the reasons that Americans don't age or secondary age product in those barrels is availability because people they've already contracted they get off. they've already contracted once ports dumped they're gone. Yeah. Um but in America, you know, we have laws about what you can and can't call bourbon and that's the biggest that's the biggest big dog in the United States. Um, and you can't use, you have to use un, un, unused charred oak barrels to, for bourbon. Um, secondary aging is only recently in the last like 10 years a thing. And that's in an industry that's been around fucking the craft wise for 50 years. Um, so we're still new to this shit. We, we, we're still trying to figure out what flavors do what and where. Um, but places like, high west places like iron root and denison they understand like to what frank was talking about you can pull flavors out of what would be considered a dead barrel to the majority of whiskey manufacturers in the united states um it does take a very specific product going in to get a good product coming out because i have tasted some i'm not going to say from who but there's some whiskey manufacturers in Central Texas area, who oh, have God. used brothers. who? No, not them. I can't afford their shit, so I don't oh. know what theirs tastes like. Um, it's just okay. You don't need to taste it. It is equally as disappointing. See what I, 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 it can't be any more disappointing than what happens to my wallet if I were to have purchased it. Um, oh. <laughs> the because you know, the card gets declined, and it's just like it's a sad what happened what happened um no but there's some texas whiskey makers who tried to do secondary aging in port casks and the flavors that they pulled out were wrong they're just bad it was a bad bad deal but no you have high west knows what they're doing this isn't their first radio the bottle that i'm drinking out of is act 11 c9 which is the latest year's release, so 2023, um, touted as their best release yet after having two years of, as Frank called it, mid-releases, but still highly, highly, highly sought after. And this is, I think, my second or third pour. I had one on New Year's Eve, ring in the new year, to kick 2023 the fuck out. Um, and uh, I think Mrs. Brian had a glass that night. So yeah, this is probably my second glass that I've had. But like the first sip, it's literally just a, it's like a warm hug on your mouth. It's a mouth hug, you know. That that did that came out wrong. But 
You know what I mean? It's just a warm. Well, what, what are you, what are you tasting? Is it sweet but sour? What are nah, we looking at it's, here? It's not even sweet. It's like if I were to get like, it's hard to find this flavor in a whiskey for me, but savory because it stick. It doesn't stick to your tongue, okay. but it coats your whole tongue. And what it is it similar it with, to is, like uh, what cranberry sauce does for a turkey? No, no, and that's the thing. Okay. It is not does it doesn't have any sort of like. There's no acidity, no acrid, no burn, no really? ashiness. It does have the Oloroso like finish, like the same finish you get from Macallan or Highland Park, um, like scotches. Where Which it, is it, like it a, should it should be sought after in bourbon, but I guess people just don't. Uh, I would give you rye bourbon because I've had, like I said, I've had American whiskeys aged in port barrels and I got that flavor and it did not make me a happy camper. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Um, but this rye with a nice, like big spicy kick, um, it's, it meets nicely. Um, it's hard to describe it because it literally like the back of the label has these like beautiful prose about plum puddings and shit. But honestly, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to like a, bar, a Texas barbecue place and they've had bread pudding there where mm-hmm. you get that like savory bit of bread just soaked in butter and spices. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good. It literally like you bite into it, but it's already melting on your mouth just from the, the heat, uh, like from body heat. That's what mm-hmm. it's like. That's why I say it's like a mouth hug because it's hugging your, the inside of your mouth with all these like really warm flavors. Um, that's but awesome. it's literally, but you still get a little fruitiness. Uh, I mean, I don't pick up fruitiness, but that's, that's something I notoriously don't pick up in okay, bourbons okay, and Scott and whiskeys fair in general. Enough. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm still learning all the ins and outs of what my palate picks up because mm-hmm. I know, like, I know my shortcomings in beer from having tasted so many beers over the years. Um, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I can and can't taste in the world of alcohol. Uh, specifically whiskeys. Um, but yeah, dude, this one is a beautiful, beautiful bottle. Um, both liquid and the actual bottle. It's fucking hand-blown glass. I don't know if you know yeah, this. Yeah, that bottle. bottle is freaking awesome. It's goddamn gorgeous. So It is. Again, thank you, Francois. No, you're... D- dude, no. It's, you're, you're more than welcome. I, I honestly, like... Um, <laughs> that specific whiskey like i said is one of my most memorable um bourbon experiences because i i am not a fan of sweet bourbon um i i for the price i much prefer rum um because they're made damn near the same way um and i just think rum has a more um palatable profile like i just i i enjoy it more here's what i'll say um neat this is a very sweet bourbon it is because it's got so many flavors going on in it it doesn't cling i think i think frank i think what you might be calling out like in the what you don't desire in in whiskeys and bourbons and in particular is corn i feel like you're not a big fan of corn no, I'm not. I'm not. It's it's the same reason that like Everclear is off putting and anything to me. Like, well, it's Everclear. It's, I think that has its own. Well, thing. sure, but <laughs> no, but it's a it's the flavor of it. Yeah. Like the if if I take Bullet, right, just Bullet, which is like damn near pure corn whiskey <laughs> with you know some flavor. Um, it's just it turns into this like sweet corn. It's a syrup almost. 
And, yeah, like, and I just don't like it. I just don't like that flavor. Like I can it, see that. it leaves a, an itch in the back of my throat. Like you might be allergic now that I'm thinking. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I love corn. I just don't like <laughs> corn drinks. You know, like um. Just so hold on one second. It, it, I just want to do something for you. Baboom, 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 Hold on, wait. Is there a bullet coming through the neighborhood? I think so. <laughs> At least, hey, wait, hold on. My freak has come off the leash. Feeling like a freak on a leash now. Um, I couldn't help myself. So, um, God. Okay, have you? Okay, we need to transition. That's that's the the alcohol talk. Can we go into corn talk real quick? Yeah. Um, you know the barn that they shot that video in? Where at it? Minnesota was it at? Was it filmed? Not in Minnesota. Oh, okay. I don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, fucker. I'm not being Minnesota Homer. All I'm saying is, is that barn has apparently been in several music videos since they did it for that uh, that bullet chasing scene. Yeah, I was going to say, all the like, holes still in the walls? It, yeah, it got reused. I don't know how many, but it was several, several additional music videos, uh, um, which I found kind of interesting. Go ahead and tell me what town. What town was it in? I have no idea. Oh, okay, I, re- I thought I, I thought I ruined your. Did your, you look it up? No, no. <laughs> but the way you started it out was Let's like see, corn barn with holes. Well, with the way you started out, I have heard you tell several stories of high school escapades where you were like, "Yeah, I was dating this girl, and her dad just pulled up in his Dippin' Dots truck, and turns out he uh, found a Dippin' Dots space ice cream." Like that same. <laughs> yeah, I mean of- that that is that is in fact like stuff like that did happen. Yeah, but the freak on a leash barn um, that they shot that in is like it's a it's a thing. Well, yeah. Um, I just don't know where it was actually at. I'll, I'll see if I can. I, I, I can find out it's where like it was. Like a fucking Calabasas, California, or some uh, shit. But no, there's, there's, yeah, probably, um, or somewhere in the fucking desert of Nevada or, or something. Iowa, just yeah. <laughs> and then we came to the home of corn because of corn yeah. because we are corn. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> home of corn. I took an AK-47 to this barn for about six hours. <laughs> well, Jonathan Davis, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. Well, Jonathan Davis scattered himself to death in the barn. Oh my God, dude! And uh, one of their, like, yeah. I think the lead guitarist is now uber Christian, and it says just wild shit on the interwebs. Uh, that's okay. I'm sorry. Wait one second. Um. The corn lead guitarist is a evangelical now. Sure, I don't know. I, hey, hey, hey! I don't know his background. I don't know what his denominations are. Remember okay. the, found, the reason okay. we don't drink founders anymore? That's interesting. Yeah. Next thing will be the uh, Limp Biscuit lead guitarist switching to monk as a, being a monk. What? No, West Borland's <laughs> still weird as shit, and he was bassist. Um, yeah, and that's awesome because uh, maintain your weirdness. And keep touring because you print money. Shut the fuck up. Limp Shut the fuck up. Limp Biscuits coming to Dallas in September or August. Hell like yeah. <laughs> Here's the problem. They're playing at the Dosek East Pavilion, which is outside. Read the room, Fred and friends. Uh, what, no, but at what, what time? It doesn't matter. We went to the Janet Jackson concert last year, which was at like, I don't know, doors opened at seven or some shit. And it was was still a million and a half degrees. 
Yeah. As Ludacris was stomping around on stage in his big shoes. <laughs> Luda. It was sick. Um, Dude, anyway. That's a great show. I, a great show. Speaking of great show, I had a bit of a show this week at work. Okay. I mentioned it to you in the, in the Telegram thread. Briefly, briefly. I have been teeming with anticipation to tell you this story. Okay. Okay. Okay, so okay. I'm going to mention a person. This person might accidentally be pretty well known. So if I say anything to give his name away or to give his major corporation away, I want you to bite your tongue. Okay. We'll call that. him John. Well, I wasn't even going to mention a name because it's I- irrelevant. But what I was going to say is that we had a training at work uh, where we were talking about how to prepare presentations for executive team members um, that included high-level data, like granular-level data, but doing it in a way where it makes sense. You're telling a story. Digestible. Digestible. And we went through – I forget what it is because I wasn't paying attention. You'll see why in just a second. Um, It is like a problem tree. We use Misi method to get to, to like breaking down all these root problems, possible solutions, hypotheses, and then all the the weighted uh, scores as to what basically getting us to a direction of what 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 decision we should make for the problem that yep. we're having. <laughs> Excuse me. We are in our first little breakout sesh. I mean, this guy is. He spent a good 10 minutes giving us his credentials at the beginning of this this class. This is a six-hour class at work, so kind of a big deal. We kind of know, know that we need to pay attention here. Yeah, you know he's a big deal. He's a big deal. I'm also looking around the room and kind of counting, head counting salaries. I'm like, well, this is a pretty big expenditure that we've got going on right here, just in people not doing what they probably should be doing in here learning. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to hone in. All, all attention up front there, big dog. He's telling us about his um, his work in the late 80s and early 90s in Eastern Europe for a multinational um, I don't wanna, consulting firm. I'll just say that. Oh, Hunter Biden. You guys had old Hunter Biden in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he left me something. Hold <laughs> on. It's my backpack. No. Uh, he he uh, went on to work for several other major international banks and a couple of other beverage businesses. And I'll leave it at that. So he's okay. giving us all these credentials. Very important person. I have read his name in several industry magazines and articles. And I have worked, I've worked with him before. Okay. He is um, an important human being. Yes. So he leaves us to work on our first like breakout tree as a group, group of four people. Uh, a person who's been at the company 36 years, person who's been at the company two years, me, I'm coming up on 11, old dog, and a person who, our head of finance, who just got hired on about six weeks ago. Walked in tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. We're all in this group. So good, good breadth of people and experience, and we're working yep. on this problem tree, getting down to the root of shit, and uh, you know, presenter comes back in and uh, leans over to the table, all 
shoot, you know, finger guns ablazing here. He's like, how's everything going, everybody? And how's that problem tree going? Dude who's been with the organization longest is like, yeah, honestly, our tree needs a little tender loving care. It needs, it needs some sunlight. needs some hydration. This guy, the speaker, without missing a beat, loses it. Goes, trying to spread as much fertilizer as I can on, the, on you guys to make sure y'all can learn. And then he just walks off. Now, <laughs> mm, you know what? I, I forgot a key part to the story, Frank. Um, this man went to the bathroom with his microphone on about oh, no. two minutes before that, five, ten minutes before that. <laughs> and the only reason I know that is because I pay attention to things. And I heard... <laughs> one of the most realistic sound effects I have ever heard, which was a door opening, just a squeak. And I was like, hey, look at that sound effect. And I look back at the person running the soundboard, and she wasn't running the soundboard. I was like, where the hell did that come from? I thought maybe somebody like had their laptop on or something happened. And then I hear another door squeak. And then I hear what I thought was static. <laughs> Someone pissing in the toilet. <laughs> He's pissing in the toilet. Now, mind, I gave you a little clue. I heard two door squeaks. Yeah. Why would there be a second door squeak before a stream of piss? It could have been lifting the toilet seat. Possible, but we have like five urinals in that bathroom. Okay, okay. So you're saying first door, <laughs> then no. <clears throat> okay, maybe he's more comfortable pissing in the toilet. Is pissing sitting down? Maybe, maybe. But I wasn't about to Could take. Be. I wasn't about to take that risk. So when I heard the stream of piss sure. happening, I quickly yelled out from across the room before any further grunts, groans, strains, and or plops. Blocks, words. Don't. Not even gonna risk it. I'm just yelling out. Mute it. Mute it! Mute the mic! <laughs> the person on the soundboard's like, huh? I go, just mute him. Just cut that mic. Just cut that <laughs> mic. She just walks over, hits the button, and she looks at me like, the fuck was that all about? But like, we had a, a, good, a good enough relationship. Did you not hear this dude like pissing in real this, life this on the mic? Dude's about to drop a fucking deuce in this toilet right now. He has got his tie <laughs> flung over his shoulder, and he is about to bomb that toilet out <laughs> and he comes waltzing back in what's going on guys i'm trying to spread as much fertilizer as i can on you people and frank i lost it i thought i was gonna have to go to the hospital i was holding in laughter so hard there's a group project happening and i can't participate i can't participate i took my glasses off and I was rubbing my eyes. I was like, just, I was like gouging my thumbs into my eyes to like, hopefully, pain will offset the laughter. <laughs> Induce some pain to stop. <laughs> Frank, I was getting tunnel vision. I was, I was starting to fade out. So the guy sitting next to me goes, Brian, what are your thoughts on the, on the matter? Knowing goddamn full well that I was absolutely useless, I took my hands away from my eyes and tears. I'm, I'm not kidding you. It looked like, I had just witnessed a fucking tragedy. <laughs> Crying tears. The new finance guy is looking at me like I've lost my goddamn mind. <laughs> but he didn't nobody else noticed this was happening. He did. But he was I don't know. 
an adult and moved on about it. And uh, I, <laughs> so the old guy. Nah, I mean, if me, someone comes back and says, I'm about to spread some fertilizer, it's like, you mean what you just did? Not, 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 not trying to. I am spreading <laughs> as much fertilizer as I can. <laughs> My dude. I know. We all. Yeah, know. No, we just, we all know. <laughs> I can't. I was worthless. I, I honestly thought I was going to have a moment. I thought I was going to pass out. And I was like, if I pass out, they're going to have to take me out of here on a fucking stretcher. I'm going to be leaving like like a soccer player, you know, when they pick him up and they cart him off. And he's like, he's like his head strapped down to the board because he's received some brain injury. But he's able to like give the thumbs up to the crowd as he walks out. I'm just going to have to like rip the oxygen mask off. Like, he said spreading fertilizer. He's coding. He's so, coding. Is any was anybody else aware of like this whole scene? Yeah, about five people in the room of thirty. We're losing it. No, 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 no. That was the other thing. The five people who are aware of it, about all but well, one of them didn't know that he came in, finger guns blazing, was like <laughs> shitting all over this place. She wasn't aware that was happening, but she knew that he was pissing because she called it out to me once. I was like, like literally had stopped listening to what my group was saying. I was like, why is there fucking static? Where could there possibly be static coming from? And she's making eye contact with me and making PP no like PP gestures in the middle of this class. <laughs> so she didn't know. The other three people at my table knew. They were there. They were all just being fucking too high and ni- high and mighty from their their ivory towers. I mean, yeah, Jesus. dude, that's the problem. Like, people can't take jokes anymore. Like, Thought this know. is America. That's funny shit. That's I, funny shit. And just knowing this guy's like fucking. I helped open banks in Poland. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Jesus Christ, my guy. I yeah. mean, yeah, at that level, and you just got caught in a hot mic pissing. That's funny. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> Okay. Fuck, man. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I don't have anything near that coincidentally funny, but we did go to a comedy show here in Austin. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I hope hope there were no woke people there. (laughs) Well, so here's the deal. Oh, no. We went to the... God damn it. Comedy Mothership? Fucking yes. Yeah. And um, actually had a great time. Uh, It wasn't, you know, how should I put it? If you're going to do comedy now, day and age, you're either going to try to, you know, gain fans and grow, you know, grow a career. TikTok following, baby. Or you're going to just offend a bunch of people and not give a shit. Right. Um, and at the mothership, I was expecting, I was expecting a lot more of the latter than the Mm -hmm. former. I was expecting a lot of folks to get, you know, super controversial and some did. Um, but it was just, let me ask you this. Were you going to see someone in particular in that lineup or you just going? No, no, no. We were just going to the, yeah. Okay. Going to the general open mic, you know, comedy mothership talent, uh, type show and you know it's it's always revealing to me where a, a comic 
state of mind is when things don't go perfect, right? Um, and here's what I'll say. There were two very stark, you know, kind of contrast drawn in the evening. Um, there was a guy who came up and he said, you know, um, <laughs> I laughed very hard at this, even though it is not. Um, how should I say the cleanest joke I've ever heard in my life? All right. I'll, um, get my finger, I'll get my finger on the beep button. So go ahead. No, there's no beeping needed. There's no beeping needed. Um, but it's offensive. Uh, it, so the dude goes, it's not offensive in a, you know, a societal impactful. It's just racist. Know, That's racial, cool. whatever. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, he says the N word at the end. I'll bleep that out myself. Um, no. So he goes, he goes, he shows up and he goes, you know, um, the thing there are two types they, of black people. He just no, he rock the, <laughs> the thing they never ask you at an intervention is, are you having fun? <laughs> <laughs> I laughed my ass off. And then he goes, by the way, anybody leaving here tonight? Um, we're all driving home, right? We believe in ourselves. We're all driving home. <laughs> just, for those of you getting Ubers, just have some self-confidence for once. <laughs> bet on yourself. <laughs> for once in your life, just bet on yourself and your ability. Okay? I lost it at that. Uh, That's offensive appropriately, you know? But hilarious social commentary, you know, it's all involved into a joke. It's great. Uh, that's good. Not everybody's going to find that funny, but the ones who yeah, do, no, victims probably aren't going to find it as funny. But yeah, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, I understand. But it's 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 touching on a sensitive so a subject that's like well done, right? Um. Then later on, Michael another Sk motherfucker comes up. Michael and Scott he goes, gets up there. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. He goes, yeah, I, I actually think Michael Scott told this joke, okay? Um, this dude comes up and he goes, you know, um, society is it's so difficult nowadays because, so, so, you know, I'm trying to raise my son right and trying to make him socially aware and whatnot, and then I take him into a Victoria's Secret. And now I'm supposed to tell him that these ladies on the wall is what he should aspire to. And then he like makes a bunch of, you know, fat jokes and it's like, dude, that's just fucking cheap comedy. It's not funny. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's just, and I, I think, I think, you know, what, what, what really struck a chord in my head is like comedy at, at the expense is not comedy. Uh -huh. Which you know we've we've all known and we've all not laughed or you know, but it's like there was this group of folks who that was their comedy, yeah. And I feel really sad for those people who think you need to make fun of people to be funny. Um, you can point out, you know, societal, racial whatever, you know, trends that are odd, that are weird, that are, you know, non-conforming um, to an extent. And you could, you could 
be intelligent about how you, you know, you have a conversation about that. This dude who came up and said, why don't we all believe in ourselves? Yeah, I was going to say, drunk driving jokes. No one's hitting those right now, you know? No. That's but groundbreaking. It, it, to, to, <laughs> but to take the angle of believing yourself for once. Don't break it down. It's funny on its own. Yes. It, it is. But that, but that's, that's like, but the, what I'm trying to suggest is like, there is intelligence in good humor. Oh, yeah. And the, the, just the fact that something is funny to someone doesn't mean it's good humor, especially when it's at the expense, because more likely than not, it is cheap humor. It is not Frank, good humor. You, um, I don't know how to say this without triggering you in some way. So just be aware of what I'm saying is coming from a place of love. Triggering. You have not listened to a thing that my wife has said to you over the last 13 and a half years. <laughs> and, and what... That has been her her argument against a lot of things that uh, you and I have found funny in our early days, sure. and and moving forward. And I remember vividly y'all having one of several arguments in my house about this exact subject. In a way, sure. it, it wasn't. It may not have been on drunk driving because drunk driving, as we've all established, is always <laughs> funny. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, but you, you know what I mean, like. But that's something that I also learned early on when dating her and going out to comedy clubs with her. Her exact quote: We went and saw, um, oh shit, he's an Australian comedian, Eddie. I think his name is Eddie. God damn it! He had his own show on FX for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, uh what the hell is the guy's name? Um. <clears throat> This is now it's turned into a Google Fest. Jim Jeffries, not Eddie. Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries. There There's, it is. There was an E involved in his name. Job, Brian, dumbass. Yeah. Uh, Jim Jeffries show in Fort Worth. This was, I mean, thirteen years ago. Early days, Jim Jeffries. Uh, yeah, early-ish for sure. Um, we went and saw a show in in uh, Fort Worth. I I had a blast, a blasty blast, laughing my dick off the whole time. We get out, and Mrs. Brian was like. That guy fucking sucks. And I was like, okay. But we we did we watch the same show? He ended the set like I don't know if you know Jim Jeffrey's past, but in the late twenty ten or late two thousands, early twenty tweens, he went pretty hard in the old atheist God isn't real thing and spent his entire time in Fort Worth, Texas, fucking dragging Christians, which was funny. Uh, but he did it to Mrs. Brian's point at the at the expense of some very important people, uh, meaning yeah. like minorities and people who were like he bashed like at one point. It was it was wildly obvious that Mrs. Brian was the only black person in the audience, and we were no. also sitting around the perimeter, so. I think he even looked out and was like, good, there's no black people here. You know, whatever his Australian accent was uh, on black people. And then went into like about 10 minutes on on black people. And that was her exact quote. Like, your statement just now was her exact quote. Like, comedy at someone else's yeah. expense is not funny. And it's not, it shouldn't be considered comedy. I mean, that's been my approach when people are like, I'm going to keep saying the R word. Don't. Don't. It's not. It's not bettering you in any way. So shape that or was. 
as a follow-up to the whole thing was like, you know, that same dude also pulled out the R word and he kept going about, you know, what was it? Like fat jokes. He said the R word. Like it was just a whole bunch of, you and know, this was a true open mic or was this like an amateur? It was a true, like- no, it was, it was, it wasn't an open mic. It was a set, but it was, um, open mic ish in the fashion that they were trying out like 10 to 15 minute. Routines. Oh, so it's just a, a regular night. Uh, so showcase. Yeah, comedy yeah. showcase. I was going to say in the in the comedy world, it's new to this part of the country. But like L.A. Yeah. And, and New York, they'll have Tuesday, Thursday night sets that are not featured comics. They're people who are on rotation who come up and do like exactly twenty five minute sets throughout the night or whatever. Yep. <laughs> and you know, like it becomes it becomes pretty obvious who is actually talented. And I'll, I'll, I'll give, you know, the crowd that night, a lot of respect, but people stood up, left. Like yeah. we sat, uh, you know, we were si- seated kind of in the middle. Um, <clears throat> and the dude, he, he didn't get any cheers. People were just waiting for this shit to be over, you yeah. know? Um, because they know somebody and, else who might be more talented is coming up next. <laughs> and that, but that's the problem with the showcase, right? Like, Dave Chappelle, when he performed here, I got tickets last minute. You know, it was like day of. They're like Chappelle and Kevin Hart, in well, not Kevin Hart, uh, Aziz and Sorry in one evening. Hey, just because they're short doesn't mean they're the same person, Frank. That's high dust, bitch. <clears throat> so I knew how much my wife enjoyed Aziz and Sorry, so we went and saw him. And you know, I was like, oh, let's go see Dave. You know, he hasn't performed in forever. Um, let's see how it is. And about like 20 minutes into Dave Chappelle's stand up, I was uncomfortable enough to where I was like, let's head on out. You know, yeah. like I'm not, uh, I'm not above, um, you know, social commentary of um, difficult subjects, but I'm also not going to sit around when all you're doing is making a fat joke. You know, or, or all you're or doing is saying, you know, like someone for being themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> that seems to be now what some folks claim to be, you know, being poignant as, about day to day society. Yeah. But being being like, you know, sensitive and shit like what the fuck are you talking about? Like it, it's it's. You, <laughs> You can point out, like, okay, so here, here's here's what I'll say, is if you listen to, um, you know, I don't know how you feel about Shane Gillis at all, but real um, touch and go, real honestly, uh-huh. it's it's touch. He and is go. touch and go. He is touch and go. Um, but he does have a way of approaching certain subjects that he has, um, you know, personal. You talking about his uncle? I, no, not, not his, <laughs> is his uncle the one with autism. Yeah, is the one who keeps sneaking grilled cheeses in places. He has. So <laughs> he has a way cheeses, of, of approaching, you know, things that could be very offensive. Yeah. In a a relatively, not relatively, in a quite respectful manner to say, listen, you know. You don't have to be fearful of someone who has autism. You don't even have to fear autism in itself. These people are having a great time. You know, like there's there's there is humor in there. 
but it is not at the expense of the person. Yeah. You know, like when he's saying we're sneaking grilled cheeses out, we're like, uh, Unc, why'd you bring the grilled cheese? Like, I know that fucker's making them at night. <laughs> yeah. So in other, in other fashions, you know, he, he he's still a dude from Appalachia. So he's going to make some jokes that you're like, you know, what the fuck? But, um, you know, he's not the fucking, what's it, Maddie, whoever the fuck he is from TikTok, who's now blown up. Matt Rife. Yeah, whatever his name is. I fucking hate that dude. I've hated that dude since he first came on to TikTok. I fucking. Okay. I, th- there's a superficial part of him that I despise. Sure. And but he is, so his superficial bit is in his humor, right? Like, no, no, it's his face. He, it's his fake face. <laughs> okay. But I'm saying he points a lot of the superficial shit also translates into the jokes that he writes. Uh, yeah. Um, and then he, uh, I, I don't, you're not going to win me back over on him and I'm not, no, I'm not winning back. Yeah, he no. fucking sucks. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm trying to point out the fact that what he does, right. Is much more in that at the expense of versus, you know, trying to handle a difficult subject matter in a humorous way. There's talent in doing the latter. There is no talent in doing the former. We could all go around and say, holy shit, don't you have a large head? That motherfucker has a head the size of Mount Rushmore. Ha, 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 ha. Okay. That's Listen, a cheap joke. Parker's not on if to we're in a roast, himself, okay? If we're in a roast, that's fair game. But society isn't in a roast at a comedy show. You know, like, Made fun of these things matter. Yeah. No, I um, it you know what I I'm I'm glad you had that that like epiphany because more people should have that of like it's it's okay to just walk away. You don't have to defend someone a hundred percent of the time. You really fucking don't. You, yeah. Like it's okay just to have either a not an opinion or b just fucking say like ah eh, that was a bad call on my part. Like me in my Joe Rogan days or in the early 20-tweens and 20-teens. used to love to listen to Joe Rogan. It was great. And then I identified some problems in that uh, and then uh, saw how that was creeping into parts of my life that were not being helpful to me or the people around me. And then he invited a bunch of conspiracy theorists on his podcast and then took zero fucking credit for any sort of uh, malfeasances he could have been responsible yeah. for. But you know what? F- fuck me, right? I'm the one who's an idiot. That's fine. That that's that's fine. No, but it's not okay. So ultimately, these are all you know. You can. I I am a firm believer, and will always defend. I'm always firm. Um, <laughs> defend a a uh, individual's right to you know learn and move on, and it's it, you know the the problem with. It's it's actually it is a little bit of a both sidesism issue. That. Is that the the one side says I should be able to do whatever, right? And then the other side sometimes forgets there is intricacy in the humor. Um, it's and, not even humor. And, it's just it's literally freedom of speech. Like say what you want, exactly. But exactly understand there's going to be fucking consequences to what you fucking say. There's intricacy in it, yes, but it's also like, um, it's not subject matter based. It's approach based. Well, um, there's that, but you, you you can, buddy. We can make jokes about the Holocaust that are appropriate. Like 
it, it is you can you can have There's comedy humor in inappropriate that, that comments it, yes it, sure so what i'm saying is, is is you can have difficult subjects be humorous um that's not the end all be all determination like oh this is off limits that's off limits no it's how you approach it it's the structure of what you're making fun of it's how that gets delivered that matters and if you don't want to face the consequences don't attack the subject it's that simple right like if it is at the expense of a human or at the expense of someone right like we can make jokes about the holocaust and hitler can be the punchline right like well, yeah but it could all be directed that way <clears throat> and everybody would laugh one. it's right? going to be a tough one for auschwitz it's, or dachau it, to be the punchline i'm well, going to well, say no, the, the prison camps could be but the jews aren't right so <laughs> what i'm saying is is like the approach that you take france frank matters. says jews aren't funny <laughs> he says <laughs> <laughs> that there in and it of itself is a good joke. Okay. So so what I'm what I'm trying to say is is like we need to be open to it. It's important to have comedy that matters because people need to be able to take relief of dark dark subjects because it helps the human mind process. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it helps us work through stuff. So I'm not gonna say, you know, I was sitting there and I was like, man. Uh, you know, there's no way you could approach the change in Victoria's Secret and make it matter. No, it just wasn't making fun of fat people. You know, like it just wasn't. And and I'm not I'm not smart enough to attack the subject that you're trying to attack. But that's a cheap joke, and that's not humor, right? And and I think that's that's the part that to me was like, you know, these 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 comics are trying to get appreciation for, you know, let's call it Beethoven level appreciation for something that might not even pass as Hanson, you know, like that's the problem oh, I've got. I'm I've, my problem is now where you've ranked Hanson on the list of music. You're not equating it. That's, that's comedy. In I, of itself. I fucking can't stand the fact that you've yeah. triggered me. I shouldn't. I should not have approached Hanson. Not, not Oklahoma's a, own Hanson, Frank. Yeah, you fucking shouldn't have approached them in that harsh of a way, and I apologize immediately for I'm it. I'm pretty but sure Parker went to high school with one of those guys. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Parker babysat him, or no, they babysat he was, Parker. Yeah, there you go. There I knew. Which, go. I knew where but, you were going. We were on the same page. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, you know, like I, I think there's 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 a general consensus that we need to reach about this shit that isn't what the comedy mothership is promoting um, because they're just like, Oh, it's funny. No, bro. Like jackass is funny because, because they got it's hurt. at the expense of the person who signed up for it. <laughs> it wasn't like they were out there fucking slamming strangers hands into rat traps. Like, no, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, Oh, Steve, you fucking idiot. That's funny. <laughs> that actually might, I might actually, I'm not supposed to laugh at that. I'm not. No, the, the, the <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, like, no. But if you're I see... actively trying us <clears throat> to, you know, sit at the jackass level, but you're not doing anything to earn the laugh, right? You know, like, well, in the laugh, like you're you're spending someone else's spending someone else's money if you're using the earn yes. and, and spend thing. You're literally at someone else's expense you're yeah. you're earning a laugh i um but I, i'm not going to be in a boat of saying you know we have off 
limit subjects. And, uh, it sounds now, like it you sounds can approach like, just about anything and make it funny if you actually try. But sounds you're like not going to get gonna be, my laugh. Frank is going to be picketing at the comedy mothership soon. And... <laughs> oh, dude! So this is the other thing: the comedy mothership is in what used to be the old, like Moon I think Tower it's the Theater? oldest. Wasn't it Alamo? The Alamo Draft oh, House. Okay. Where is on Sixth Street? Oh, it's downtown. It's on... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. God, that's so... gonna be a fucking nightmare. Oh God! It actually, like, if you go for the seven thirty show, it's not bad. And and uh, you know they get good comics that come through. It's a great venue. Um, Can I paint a picture just... and just tell me if I'm if I'm even close to being accurate? It's sure. just hippies. Homeless people, fraternity and sorority members, the Ladybird Pusher, and like I'm guessing 15 like suburbanites. Okay, it's a little bit more broy than well. I imagine I imagine the comedy mothership. So so the homeless the homeless folks are there for sure. Yeah, Um, you got bros, and then you've got just rich white people who apparently have standing room. You know. Patience. standing tickets yeah um and then there was you've got some level of tourists but yeah it's mostly you're passing up on one very important character the lady bird pusher where's oh oh may have been in attendance is he in the mirror frank well we're not sure yet ah uh, we are <laughs> not yeah catch me if you can <laughs> um, <laughs> um <laughs> No, uh, God, how fucking, if this was a 2020 episode and this aired with your laughter. What do you mean? Whoa. Whoa. Imagine if I really am the ladybird pusher. (laughs) And you just chuckled and you just chuckled at that suggestion. Are you not? (laughs) It's going to come in a dun dun dun. And that's when Brian understood. That he had made a <laughs> fatal mistake. Brian had to do a double and it's take. Just a uh, body yeah, outline no, and chalk of me at the bottom of a pool or something. <laughs> if I enjoyed downtown enough, maybe, but no. But yeah, I, that's I, the I only barely reason. got I think you could trace my car to downtown like four times and three out of the four I was headed past right. it to go to the children's well, hospital. I'll let I'll let Corporal <laughs> Troy know that we can mark you off the list just from convenience's <laughs> sake only that you're no longer considered a suspect. Oh fair enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah listen that. hey Troy and Brian are fucking diehard detectives. We're gonna get to the bottom of it or at least like surface level rust. <laughs> well now it's now it's the the uh what's it the lake whatever dam pusher too. Damn pusher not two. Only ladybird. No, uh, we not should... only ladybird. Like that's the that's the name Mansfield, of the Mansfield. The Mansfield Dam. Yeah, like there's there's no. A we're gonna call it, down there. We're gonna call him the Damn Pusher Two. The damn. back with a vengeance or some shit. You know, it's a good cool. idea. It's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. All right, Frank. Um, I've had fun. I think we do need to include the Ladybird uh, Pusher into our conspiracy theory episode that will never air. <laughs> Um, we'll I do think so. Package that up with Tower Seven, and then we'll figure out how to get it on to. Yeah, it'll just know. be an ack 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 type show. You know, we'll see. Oh no, I think we put it on an on an actual ack ack deck, and then we just oh perfect shoot it into space. Perfect. Um, speaking of shooting it into space, um, have you seen the uh, person from China 
who goes by Elon Ma. This person looks like Elon Musk, but is Chinese as shit. And yeah, but did he get a bunch of plastic surgery to get this done? Hey, listen, Frank, I don't judge people on what they want to do to get famous, all right? Especially on the internet. But this motherfucker looks exactly like Elon Musk, and he's wild. It's a fucking wild. It's also one of those, like, am I seeing real life, or am I seeing, like, the Oh, my God, I did see this. Holy shit. Saying wild shit. Oh, my God. But also uncanny, the resemblance. That is nuts, dude. Right? Like He does look... Only it's black hair. That's yeah, it. it's the it's the hairline. Like if there's any surgery that I will say will help you look like a fuck like that. Wow, hairline, get it shaped, and then you're there. It's just his hairline. That's it. Yeah, he looks like a young Elon. Musk. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Shit. Did you see the video I sent through of the Indiana State? Uh, uh, you, basketball I, player. Called- I saw the title of Cream Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> and I, I literally, I was walking out to my car to go home and I opened it. I saw it and I got Get the fuck out of here. I locked it and put it in my pocket. I was like, I can't. Okay. All right. Pull it up right now. I want your live reaction to this shit. All right, this on. is, this is what Brian should have been for our basketball team during intramurals. <laughs> Uh, yep, already, is- already, yes. This man is, uh, he's a heavy set gentleman. He's probably like 6'8", though, just judging by his <laughs> neck. Huge. But look at the fucking moves, dude. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him holding, the. he's shooting a free throw in an Indi- a baby blue Indiana jersey. Is that an Indiana State? Indiana State. Indiana yeah, that makes State. sense. That's the original Hoosiers. All right, I'm going to, I'm sorry, I got to mute this page real quick. And he also is the highest scorer in the history of Indiana State Hoosier basketball. He is a more prolific scorer than Larry Bird, who played for the same team. So okay. he's got a six six set of sh- of uh, of specs on, shooting deep threes. He's got about Dude. six inches of vertical. <laughs> he's dunking. Wow. I mean, that was a travel, but that was pretty sweet. A lot of this. Crazy. He's doing a lot of this. Ball above the head, doing the shh, 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 shh. A lot of that. And I got to be honest, he's going against a lot of white dudes. There's a lot of white on this court right now. <laughs> he's playing in the Midwest or the uh, Valley Conference or whatever. So just give him a chance. I guess. Have you seen? Have, oh, Jesus Christ. That's wild. Kareem Abdul Jabbar. C R E A M. Abdul Jabbar. Abdul Jabbar. Abdul Jabbar. I, I cannot forget that. Uh, I'm trying to pull this up real quick before we head out. I well, you got to remember, Abdul Jabbar is his Muslim name. So Obviously, he, he, he converted. He made no Kareem hmm? Abdul Jabbar. His original name was not Kareem Abdul Jabbar. No, it was Lou Alcindor. Did you know that? Yeah, it's exactly. Lou well, what am I so, fucking? What are you talking to? Who fucking talking to here? <laughs> no. So what I'm saying is, is this dude was like, oh. Uh, yeah, well, I guess I don't know if it was him. I, I'm sure Cream did not choose his own name. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's a, just a great play on words. It really is fucking hilarious. Um, uh, hold on, so. I, I'm gonna. Can you see? Uh, I've got my different. Man, I am very impressed that you knew that his original name was Luel Cinder. Dude, I was a sports media major. What do you expect me to not hey, fucking know? Yeah, that? Dude, okay. Can you see this? I'm okay. Impressed. Okay. So I'm gonna hold this here. I'm gonna move the. I Wait. Accidentally turned my mic, my camera off. I, I fucked. There up. goes your camera. I fucked up. I don't want to. Oh, 
it goes off again. Okay, you know what? I'm going to... I'll send it to you offline, I guess, because this is all fucked out now. Okay, uh, anyway, I'm going to... No, wait, wait, wait. Okay. You... Oh, your camera isn't working. Yeah, no, it's not working. Hold on, let me, let me see if I can switch it real quick. Sorry, I've got okay. so many... I've got literal... I feel like you have two cameras set up tonight. I do. This is my good camera over here that I'm pointing at, but it's not fucking working, so hmm, fuck am I doing? Um, give me one second. Change that. Okay. Change that. Doing a lot of stuff on the fly here. A lot of a lot of moving you're fine, parts. You're fine. So, so many moving um, parts. You guys also have a little bit of a cold spell up there tonight. It's cold as fuck, dude. I mean, fucking out of nowhere. I planted this past weekend. We're not getting below freezing, so I'm okay. But uh, yeah, come on, spring. We don't need this shit. I don't need to risk all this. Okay, so I, I see it now. Hold on. Okay, I'll just leave it on this. Um, so it's uh it's Unk, it's uh Shannon Sharp and uh, mm-hmm. Chad Ochocinco talking to this young man. I'm gonna see if I can get my mic over here. Kai's mixtape is rated G, rated G. G, and it's important, and you'll see why. Look at this, bro. I don't think you've seen this, bro, but this is me before the game, like the day before, bro. Like, look. That's what I thought of when I see Kareem Abdul Jabbar holding the ball above a bunch of fucking white guys' heads. All right, take it easy there, highest scorer. But they hoop. They hoop, though. First off, Indiana State is at least Division I basketball. Well, I mean... No, 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 no. They hoop, though. If you look at the video... dude on Pampers. If you look at the video, he is a good... Like, this is a child. They can't look more than, like, 12 years old. And we're talking, like, a stunted 12-year-old. I've seen, like, 10-year-olds tower over this kid. Now, these kids are tiny. And this, like, teenager is just fucking blasting by him with basketball. Okay. That's fucking hilarious. I fucking That's love Shannon great. Sharp. He's a goddamn national treasure. I really he do. He is. He's hilarious. Uh, he really is. The fact that they put him next to Skip Bayless is uh, just... Uh, mm. It's What you mean, Skip? What you mean? I fucking hate Skip Bayless. <laughs> I, Me too. I mean, he, if anybody personifies fucking Dallas, it's goddamn Skip Bayless. Oh, my God, dude. Just a fucking he is. Worst. He is Highland Park in a human. Ah, okay. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for joining us on another episode of No Beer Left Behind. I know it's been a while, but we... I mean, shit happens, y'all. Um, I will say... Happy anniversary, Frank. I should have I should have told you Thank happy you. anniversary. It's eight years. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see if we can put together like a full eight year cast. Not you know on the anniversary. What the fuck but... is we? You mean like everybody get together and do a cast, or no, put all to... of our episodes together in one long line? Oh yes, one yes. giant all... file, like a couple hundred hours of gold. I don't but think I think, the internet I, can I think what's it. more important is that we make sure that it's only two hours long, but we play a hundred files over each other. My God. Let me get a no. pen and paper. I gotta write this down. 
<laughs> all right, guys. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate all the love that y'all share with us. And uh, I hope to hear from y'all real soon. For Brian here in North Texas, I'm out. For Frank in far, far, far north San Antonio, um, if you planted plants last weekend, Godspeed. Hopefully they are not frozen tomorrow morning. I'm out. Here.